Coming up this week, the underpass near KFC gets a much-needed makeover. A local theatre group calls for aspiring actors ahead of its information night. Local Ashby Green graduates from Duntroon in Canberra. And an association plans to tackle the high road toll in regional Victoria. You're listening to Arats Latest with local journalist Jack Ward. Hello and welcome. It's great to be with you. I survived last week, which means I'm back again with all your latest news in the episode today. It is, of course, a public holiday, so I hope those who all who have been lucky enough to have one have enjoyed it. And the wonderful weather. It's been a great day today. I've been to Great Western and Halls Gap today enjoying the local restaurants and ice creamery in Halls Gap, of course. So it was a great day and I'm sure hopefully you've had a great day as well. It is back to school though later for me this week, heading into year 11. So things getting things are getting a bit real, but I am looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to seeing how the mobile phone ban is introduced. That of course comes into play on the first day of term. So I'm looking forward to seeing how students react, and my peers across the state. But yesterday was Australia Day, a day to reflect on what it means to be Australian, to celebrate contemporary Australia and also to acknowledge our history, and it's, but it's also a day of sorrow and mourning for our First Nations people. For me, Australia Day isn't about celebrating our birth of our country because I've learned how torturous and what a horrific day it was for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. I encourage you to do some research. If you're unsure about Invasion Day and why it's called that, read up on it on the history of January 26 because it's just horrific. And for me, Australia Day, it's not about the birth of our country and that sort of thing. It's about coming together as a nation and celebrating our land, sense of a fair go, lifestyle, democracy, the freedoms we enjoy, but particularly our people. From our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who have been here for more than 65,000 years, to those who have lived here for generations, to those who have, you know, come from other corners of the globe to call our country home. And on Sunday morning, our Rural City Council held its annual day, Australia Day ceremony at the Alexandra Oval Community Centre. It gives me great pleasure to welcome you all here today. It's not about Australia Day. Australia Day is for people from every walk of life to celebrate the things we love about our country and our community. It's also an invitation for us to come together to celebrate the achievements of a number of people within our own community who have made an impression for their hard work and dedication. Australia Day is a special day that provides us with an opportunity where we can take the time to reflect on what it means to be Australian and those aspects of our way of life that we value and which unite us. We hope that in our gathering today, together we are able to recognise and celebrate some of the many contributions that people in our community have made. That's Council CEO Dr Tim Harrison there. Mayor Jo Armstrong took to the podium following Duncan Stalker OAM's Ambassador Address. She announced the Australia Day Award winners for this year. The Community Spirit Award went to the Ararat Fire Brigade for their ongoing contribution to the community. By attending fires and incidents, completing charity work like we see on Good Friday each year and nurturing the next generation in their junior program. Ararat Neighbourhood House was recognised for its ongoing work to ensure locals have regular access to nutritious food via their food bank and second bite programs and their work to lessen the social isolation for many in our community. The House recently organised an inclusive event to coincide with National Disability Day. They were awarded with the Inspiring Healthy Living Award. The Aaron Ambassador Award went to Peter Carthew AM, who sadly passed away suddenly on Boxing Day. 
Peter established what later became AME Systems in 1978, which has created hundreds of local jobs for people making electrical wiring and components. He worked for a long list of charity and volunteer organisations, including Ararat Legacy, and was a former Ararat Local Government Commissioner. I sat down with Peter at the end of October last year when AC News was putting together an anniversary piece for Ararat Legacy. As a, an organisation, as a people, we feel very fortunate to have the opportunity to be involved to the extent we do within the Australian industry and indeed offshore. And, and I guess what happens, we are very appreciative and understand the, the role that our uh, people in the forces have played in every conflict that we've been involved in, and particularly starting, say, uh, in 1896 and right through the First War and um, right through the history, including Vietnam, of which I was a, uh, uh, a conscript who spent the, uh, you know, a, a period over there myself. So the... The story to me is quite uh, uh, vivid or indelible. It's, it, it's etched on to me, and uh, I own it <laughs> and I'm passionate about it. And, uh, and those who uh, were gave their lives, and I got family, family members that have done that. So it's very personal, and I think it is for every person in this country if we are serious about it and truthful about it. It's not only what I do as an individual per se; it's what all my other colleagues. Um, do and it, it masses and you you get the sense and the feel and a, and a pride uh, an understanding and you take on the responsibility and you share it as a group and that's very powerful uh, so as guys who men and women in the main who have been in the services themselves but not only that there are other people involved so it's uh, it's very telling it's it's not um, it's not run in the military sense it's run with passion and it's, it's run with consideration and love. Peter Carthy there passed away, um, sadly, on Boxing Day, and it was a great interview with Peter last year, one of the nicest people, and he'll be missed by many within our community. Now, a story caught my eye this week, and I wanted to share it with you. The underpass, the unappealing underpass near KFC has been given a well-needed makeover as a part of the Ararat, Ararat Active Adventure Trail. East Grampians Health Services' Kelsey Waite joins me now. Now, Kelsey, what is the Ararat Active Adventure Trail? Um, hi, Jack. The active adventure around Ararat is a permanent walking trail with some little checkpoints. So you will get a map and find out where to start and where to go from there. And each checkpoint will have a clue for you to answer. So the idea is you complete the entire trail, get to the end, and you'll be able to solve the puzzle. (laughs) And how did this project begin? project was funded by the Heart Foundation. So I work in the health promotion team here at East Grampians Health Service. And there was a $10,000 grant from the National Heart Foundation that was being given out to people who had innovative ideas to get the local community more active. Mm -hmm. So we put this idea forward and we were one of I think there was eight around Australia that were awarded this grant. Um, and then we got flown up to Sydney to do some training. And it's all about using um, co-design, so getting the community really involved and finding out how they want to be more active and what they would like to see in the community and then really working off their ideas and putting that into place. Mm. And one thing that caught my eye this week was that the work that's been done at the underpass near KFC. Can you talk me through that? Yes, so the underpass links checkpoints two and three. So 
Kakoda Park is checkpoint two and the library is checkpoint three. And also that underpass really links Ararat North to the CBD, but it was just so uninviting, dark, dingy, smelly, mm. like looked like the place that you go to get stabbed. So we really wanted to make it accessible and feel safe and bright and um, a link that people are more likely to use. Like we want people being more active no matter what. But if we don't sort of look after the community and make our environment environments that people want to engage with and be more active in, then they're just not going to. So um, the idea behind getting a graffiti artist in was that we could brighten up the space make it look really um, interesting and inviting and be able to put some positive messaging on the walls as well, um, which we had the community do a little vote on Facebook as to what motivational message they would like to see on the walls. So that was really good to um, get their feedback and that's all now painted across the wall. It was over 200 linear meters that he painted or that he spray painted in uh, I think it was 30 hours so he did an amazing effort um, and we were really fortunate to have the Department of Justice help us out to get the walls prepped. We had some uh, men and women on um, community hours come in and prep the walls and put the base coat on so that really helped us out as well. It's now time for your say. And this week's question was, is enough being done in Ararat to ensure a healthy lifestyle? And the results this week were a bit of a shock to me. Only 29% of the 99 votes said, yes, there is enough being done, while 71% said there is not enough being done. In my mind, I thought there was lots happening. We have football, netball, soccer, cricket, croquet, golf, tennis, bowls, dance, park run on a Sunday, the fit and healthy festival, bike riding groups, two gyms, personal trainers, the list does go on. And one comment did stand out for me, and it was from Trisha Ruthven. And she is on the Committee of Fit and Healthy Mind and Body, which was formerly Ararat Active. And she said, a festival is held during September, October and November, where a variety of health options are offered freely or at a highly reduced rate to the general public of Ararat and surrounds. Disappointingly, we usually get the same people taking up these offers with very few people attending. Also, I am the event director of Ararat Park Run, where we average 36 people every Saturday morning at the free five kilometre walk slash run around the gardens. All fitness levels are welcome. This may seem like a great number, but when you know what other towns are getting of a similar size, it's disappointing. She didn't want to judge the community, but said that those who have voted that there's not enough happening for health could let us know what is actually what they would like. So please do share in the comments um, what you think needs to be improved for a healthy lifestyle in our It'll shoot me through a message. I'd love to hear your thoughts and I definitely, I'll definitely be getting Trish on the show when the festival comes around this year so you can see what is, what is on offer. Now, the Arab Mystical Comedy Society is gearing up for its 2020 production after their mammoth but successful undertaking of Les Mis last year. Society President Grant Johnson joins me now. Grant, thanks for joining me. Last year was a massive one for the Arab Musical Comedy Society with Les Mis. Why was All Shook Up chosen for this year's production? So the, the main reason was because Les Mis is so very iconic and very period piece and very serious with some dark you know, subject matter that we really wanted to uh, hone in on something that was more lighthearted, fun, um, happy, bouncy, you know, that sort of thing, a good positive vibe so all shook up certainly fit the bill of being very different from AMIS, very very positive 
um, and uh, you know, able to, to tick all those boxes. So it could be quite a contrast from, from Les Mis. Yeah. And what's All Shook Up all about? So primarily it's a story of a um, rebel without a cause type guy cruises into a, a country town. Um, there's a, a bit of love interest stuff goes on in it. There's very much a Puritan mayor who's very uh, anti this, uh, this stranger coming into town. Um, so very similar in some ways to, to Footloose, the storyline. It's not that dissimilar, set in a different, um, a different era. Um, traditionally, it's set in the 50s. Um, be interesting to see how it rolls out with this production and the director's vision of it, whether they stay in the 50s or, or modernise it or, or not. Interesting story, and the, the great thing about the production is that it's uh, all the songs of Elvis Presley. So uh, just great music, great songs, and, and all the audience will instantly um, have connection to all the, the songs that are sung. So it's going to be really good. You mentioned the director's take. Who is the director this year? Yeah, so we've got uh, a lovely lady by the name of Emily Friedrichsen, who's Horsham-based. Um, it's coming to, to pick up the, the, the role of director for Arab Musical Comedy Society. So we're thrilled to have uh, Emily showing interest to, to come and want to direct this one for us so uh, we love the idea of always um, you know, every year someone different um, filling all the roles we don't want to see that's always the same same ones doing all the same thing that that fresh ideas coming in um, sharing experience um, we have a good great connection with the, the Horsham Arts Council and the, the scene in Horsham so having Emily come down and 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 do our production is, is great to continue that that great connection that the, the the two groups have got so and for locals who are wanting to get involved um who are you looking for for this show and how can they get involved yeah so um as as usual Arab musical comedy society very much is into the inclusivity of of all people no matter what level of um uh, theater experience they're at so anybody everybody that's interested um we would encourage to come along you don't have to be um you know, a, a disciplined and skilled singer, dancer, actor. We uh, very much uh, support the grassroots um, and uh, want people who want to, you know, build the confidence to, uh, to you know, really, really thrive on stage. So anyone who um, has done it before and wants to keep doing it or anyone who's not done it before and, and wanting to strike up the courage to do it, we recommend to definitely come and, and have a crack. Um, it's far more enjoyable and far less scary than people think it all is, the whole process. Of being involved and once they get out at the end of a production they go that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be and not anywhere near as scary so um, definitely want um, to encourage anybody who's uh, thinking about it um, and how they, they go about it we've got uh, an information night this Tuesday night at Arrow 800 primary school in the um, the multi-purpose building that's at the back of the the school school grounds um, 7.30 this Tuesday Twenty-eighth of January, uh, it's yeah. At seven thirty, we'll kick off the the information night and have all the information how they can all um, do auditions, what they need to do to prepare for auditions, um, the information they need to provide, um, where the auditions are being held, actually booking the audition on the night, so they can do all of that. Find out everything about the production, the roles, um, what part they could play, whether that's on stage as a cast member, as a going for one of the the leads, or or just wanting to be part of the ensemble and uh, also being any of the crew so we're always looking for people wanting to help with all the backstage tasks so anyone wanting to do that we're more than more than happy to have them come along as well 
And if you're wanting to head along and watch the production, tickets will go on sale closer to June with six shows beginning on June 16. have a story? Are you or someone you know holding a community event? I want to know what you know about local issues and upcoming events. Contact Ararat's Latest via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or email Latest at gmail.com. Your story may instigate a community discussion, help a local organisation and importantly, keep locals informed. June 19 was actually the date there for the first show of All Shook Up. Now, Ashby Green went to high school at Ararat College and was Year 12 school captain in 2015. On the 10th of December, she graduated from the Royal Military College Duntroon in Canberra as a commissioned officer in the Royal Australian Army Ordnance Corp. I spoke with Ashby at the end of last year. Thanks for joining me, Ashby, and congratulations on graduating. How's it all feel now to have it all done and dusted? Uh, relief, but um, also like... <laughs> I know, a sense of achievement. It's been a long time coming and um, to actually finish it and to graduate is such a good feeling. Yeah, and I was speaking to your mum the other day and she showed me some pictures. It's quite a graduation, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. (laughs) Full parade and um, in front of, uh, in Canberra, I guess it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Oh, very much. Like, you know, you'll never, I'll never forget it at all. And also to have the the Governor General there and the Chief of Army there for something that, you know, that we've achieved is, such a feeling that you, you can't really forget it. Yeah, and you've spent the last 18 months, obviously, at Duntroon in Canberra, which is quite different to working at the Ararat Physiotherapy, which is where you were before. What instigated you yeah. to join the Army? Well, you know, I reckon it started, well, that kind of feeling to do something different and, you know, unique kind of started, I reckon, when I was in Year 9 when I went to the Alpine School. That was the first time I'd left home and gone so far away for such a long period of time by myself, well, with people, of course, from Ararat, but without my family. And then I got back from that and I just had this feeling I just wanted to do something with my life. And so I kind of strived to push myself from then on. So I was school captain in year 12 and then I started working at the physio and and as lovely as it was and it was the intro to the professional world and, you know, that kind of started me off, it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And so I saw an ad on social media and I thought why not I'll give it a go and I reckon it's the best choice I've ever made I've made so many friends and connections that I just don't want to like I don't think I can picture myself in anything else yeah and I guess you saw that ad and then what was the next step what was the entry process like so I assume it's not easy um well yeah it's, it's more long actually so generally and this is probably generic for anyone I can imagine but for me it was 12 months and that's what they say on the website usually that's 12 months or more so and I reckon the reason for that is like, you know, shows, you know, if you can continue that with that, it also shows that you're committed. But also there's all these interviews and booking everything. And for me, traveling to Melbourne, which is where DFR was for me. But the process itself is um, there's this thing called a U session, uh, basically where you go in and you do like basic testing to see what you're actually, you know, what your um, day, like what jobs you're actually allowed to do. Um, and then you pick, so you go home, then you, you have a look at the list of jobs from all three services, and then you see what jobs that you'd like to do, and then you research that job, and you have a look into it, see if it's for you. Um, and then you have like a case manager that you can call for advice. And then from there, you book your assessment day, and then you come in and you do a medical, a psychological test, and then an actual like job interview. And so for the two different streams, there's other ranks and there's officer ranks. So for me, officer ranks, assessment day was just a first step if it's 
um, other ranks, that's, that's your job interview. Like that's where you know whether or not you're, you're in or out. Then for me, I had to go attend a officer selection board in Canberra. So I got flown up there to Duntroon. And basically, you sit in front of a board of three officers and with about five to six other people, candidates, and, you know, they assess whether or not you're suitable as an officer, and then they tell you yes or no at the end of that. And then, you know, you get your letter of offer after that, um, about two months later. And then from there, you have to do a pre-fitness assessment, so the basic fitness standards to enter the military. And then from there, you have your appointment day. And then your appointment day is where you get a little certificate, you know, saying that you're in. And then you jump on a bus and you're in, you're off. All of that before you even get in, it's quite a process. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) What does it mean now? You've gone through the whole process of training and that sort of thing to be now be in the Defence Force and be able to serve your country. What's that like? Oh, well, I'd say proud. Um, But to be honest, I haven't served, well, I've been in the military, but to be honest, the past 18 months, I've only been training. Like I haven't actually been out in the wider army yet. That's later as next year but I haven't actually served I guess like that yet but I you know I want to and I hope to and I'll be proud to do so and honestly I can't wait but at the same time I like I'm very privileged very proud to do to be in the military but at the same time I haven't actually yeah well I feel like I haven't yet if that makes any sense there's more to come yeah exactly yeah it's only the beginning really you've spent 18 months at Duntroon what training have you had to go through so training at Duntroon is quite challenging. Um, and so basically for me, it was 18 months, um, but there's two two entry methods. So there's um, direct, which is the 18-month course, which is what I did. But then there's also um, through the Australian Defence Force Academy, um, which is another entry method where you do a university degree on top of it. Um, so for me, the 18 months is broken down into three six-month blocks. So it goes third class, second class, and then first class. The third class is basically where you're you know, introduced to the army, you're shown the basics, you're taught the basics, and you can command up to a section, which is eight to 10 people. And then from there, you move into second class, where they start to expand on that to platoon size, which is 30 people. And then you start to learn you know, all different things about being a platoon commander in a basic conventional environment. Mm-hmm. And then first class, which is the final six months, that's when you kind of just refine your leadership style and you learn how to c- command in more complex environments. And then at the end of that, you get your call and then then that's it. So now you've finished all that training and you're going to be heading to your first posting. What task will you have to undertake? Um, well, I can't really say for sure because I haven't really been trained in that particular job yet. Yeah. Um, the 18-month course at Duntroon is a general service officer course. So you learn how to command a platoon in an all-core environment. But each corps has its own specific training, you know, just as it would, like, you know, aviation, infantry, engineers, ordnance, all of that. So for me, my training for that particular job will be at the start of next year. So, but what I think, like, well, of what I imagine, it will just be supplying all the army with it, well, not the army, but the unit I'll be at with all of, all of its equipment and making sure that everyone can do their job. You're right. So you've still got more training to go. Even with this training, you never stop. Like, you've got courses throughout your career. And that's a good thing about it. What I think is, you know, I'll never stop learning. I'll continue to grow. And what that's the best thing about it. 
overall, this new, you said you were so excited and that was your dream. You found something that you wanted to do. Now, looking back on the last 18 months, are you happy with that decision? Very much. Like, I honestly couldn't have chosen a better career, personally. I feel like it suits me better than any other job I could do. Well, thanks, Ashby, for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Road safety campaigner Donald Gibb is preparing to launch the Road Safety Promotion Association. The new association will begin by focusing on educating young sporting club members in Western Victoria who drive on country roads. The, the basic uh, concept is a, a volunteer road safety awareness and education campaign campaigns in, with a view to highlighting the, the um, driver issue. It's not concerned with bicycles, motorcyclists or pedestrians, but single-minded approach to drivers as they are responsible for their passengers, obviously. And for a long time, drivers have been overrepresented in the road toll. And what we want to do is highlight the types of things that we find from investigation that are causing these fatalities and serious injuries in in the the 18 to 29 age group, and sporting clubs provide a fantastic opportunity to to move in there, present a story, a road safety story to the club members, who who by the way are travelling a, a lot of time at night on wet roads in the winter months. And, and explaining to them the sorts of things that, that, that the hazards that they'll be presented with, the problems they might meet. There is already a number of initiatives in place in our local football clubs when it comes to road safety. The Ararat Rats play nil every year for the Road Safety Cup, but Donald Gibbs said that this association will be providing consistency throughout the season. See, I think that what you've got to uh, have, uh, Jack, is continuity mm-hmm. in the sense that at the at, Throughout the season, you, you want to keep rem, reminding people it's, it's, it's one thing to have a, a, a football round. Uh, it's another thing to have a 26-week reminder campaign mm. that the, it, this is an ever-present problem, the road toll. And, and, it, and that's why I've seen this work in Denmark. I've seen it work in, in, in uh, England and Scotland. And, and the, you, you, the younger driver project has, has got to be constant in the sense that um, a one, one weekend uh, effort isn't enough. And therefore, we've, we've got to get to a point where we, we, we can go into a club and then eventually do some evaluation, go back to that club in six months and interview the players, have a, have a look at what that happened to their road safety or their road their driving record over that period so we we can bring up some uh, some uh, evaluation the Ararat rats football club have already shown interest in the association with talks to be had in the coming weeks if you want to know more it is encouraged that you get in contact with donald register with us for uh, uh, support road safety support uh, we've got an office in Ballarat at level 2 51 Lydiard Street South. You can also email Donald by emailing him at dggibb at bigpond.com. Coming up this week in Ararat and Surrounds, the Ararat Musical Comedy Society is holding that information night tomorrow at 7.30. 
at the Arad 800 multi-purpose building. The February Mount Coal Turnout is on Saturday, organised by the Ararat and District 4x4 Club. The meeting point is the Ararat Town Hall at 9am. And on Sunday the 2nd, the annual Grampians Ride to Remember event will be held. The ride is a green corridor event and is open to all licensed motorcycle enthusiasts. The ride will start from the Ararat RSL car park on Queen Street at 9am sharp and travel on all sealed roads through the rural countryside. And that brings us to the end of today's show. It will be available on all your favourite podcasting apps following today's broadcast. Feel free to re-listen and share as always. Next week, I'll be speaking with Green Hill Lake committee member and councillor Gwenda Orgwood following antisocial burnout behaviour in the wetlands at Green Hill Lake, a habitat for many birds. I will also have all your latest news as well, so tune in next Monday at 5pm. This was Arad's Latest.